Well, you know, business is all about opportunity. Yeah. Right? Life is about opportunities. Welcome to Buy Sci-Fi Bite-Sized Finance. I'm Kelly Brothers. I'll be your host serving up some of the most succulent stories from our region about people, places, and things that impact our community and your financial well-being. Our goal is to learn, think, and even laugh a little bit. Delivered right to your kitchen table, your dining room, or wherever you choose to listen. Welcome back to Buy Sci-Fi Bite-Sized Finance. We are pleased to be joined by... One of the most successful entrepreneurs, restaurateurs in Sacramento over the last, how many years now? 10, 12, 15? It's been 11 years already. But 11 years. Chando Madrigal. Chando, great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you too. Thanks for the invitation. Congratulations with all your success. And and it's and the, the Chando empire is growing. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. Let's begin though, Chando, with... Your childhood, because I remember you telling me years ago how uh, you really got your sense of business very early on when you were helping your dad negotiate farm worker contracts. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we grew up working in the fields uh, as a family. You know, my dad and mom came from Michoacan, Mexico with that, you know, American dream. Right. And growing up, you know, I would translate from my dad early on. And, and I, I think that's what kind of attributed to where I am today because I was in the, in the roots with them, you know, closing deals at a very young age. I don't even know if they took us serious or not, but he got the jobs. <laughs> so he had like a crew of men who would work. Is that the way? And you would kind of help negotiate the deal. Yeah, I would, I would help translate for him. So okay. he would, you know, he had, he had his book of accounts that he would work with on a normal, you know, yeah. regular basis, but you know, we'd follow different crops, olives, peaches, prunes, cherries, apples, all from, you know, central California, all the way up to Washington, Montana, and then come back. So they'd follow the the seasons. And, and you would be with them too. I would be with them. Yeah. I mean, we were part of, you know, migrant education. So we'd pick up packets, you know, for school and, and we'd just drop them off in the different labor camps that we would be staying at. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I had no idea you would travel with them up that far too. And that was, so when you say the American dream, isn't it amazing when you think, cause my parents were the same thing. The dream wasn't as much for them as it was for me and you. It, it was, was like, I want us. my kids to have a different. Yeah, it was for us. It yeah. was a sacrifice. You know, one of the things that, you know, this whole taco thing happened after my dad passed away. And so when you passed away, I think one of the things that, one of the questions that I asked myself is, you know, was he prepared, right? Was he ready to go? We know that we're all going to end up dying at one point or another. But one of the questions that I had is, you know, was was his mission on this on this planet accomplished, right? You know, he was fortunate to have all of everybody was married, right? With the exception of, of one of my younger sisters, two of my brothers are engineers, right? And he was very proud of them and they're musicians. So he loved music. And so he was happy for them. My sisters were well off with their families. And then I was kind of starting off with my family. So I think, I think his mission was accomplished, but that was what kind of motivated me to, to not be controlled by the guy that's above me. You know, you work for a corporation. I was working for Apple at, a, at the time. It's, best company in the world to work for. They taught me a lot, but I was only going to get as far as the guy above me was going to allow me to get. And with those 2% pay increases, I, I don't think I would be where I am today. <laughs> so, and, and what were you, you were for Apple, you were I be, translating, right? Or you were, you were um, support. 
I was I was actually a, um, an, an account manager, so I was in sales for Apple. Oh, you were okay. Yes, yeah, so. but you were you were handling Spanish speaking accounts, weren't yeah, you? I started off for a special project that Apple did when they opened up the market in Europe for Spain, and then so I went as as, as a temp through Volt, okay, yeah, temp yeah. agencies, and then right before my first year contract was over, they hired me full time, and then from there I I went over to do business sales, and, and the rest is history. Yeah. So when you were deciding that, uh, this is great, this is like the best company in the world, and but there's something else out there for me. That must have taken a lot of soul searching. I mean, you had already, in many people's eyes, achieved the American dream. You were working for Apple and doing pretty well. Yeah, I was working for a great company. But, you know, during that whole time, you know, the economy crashed, right? I started in 2000 at Apple. So when my, my dad passed away in 2007, and then 2008, during that, that was like the peak of everything. We lost our home in 2008. I had to make the decision of, of, you know, letting the place go. And I went from making, you know, killer commission checks to counting change to buy formula and diapers for my kids. I still remember when that happened, right? Yeah. Which is why I started catering in people's backyards to help kind of compensate for that extra revenue and have a little fun. I like cooking, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the margaritas are not too bad at the parties and stuff. So <laughs> that worked as well. And then it just kind of picked up after that. So what was the tipping point? What was it that made you say, all right, I'm going to leave Apple behind and I'm going to go, I'm going to fully commit to my vision for Chandos. Well, when a, a few things, you know, it, opening Chandos Tacos was, was great. Once, once we had, you know, good consistent run rate business, cause my house was smelling like a restaurant. We wouldn't store anything. You know, my weekends would look like, you know, I'd go to work in the morning on a, on a Friday. I'd already have my Friday, Saturday, and Sunday gigs lined up. I'd call in the orders for the for the for produce, call in the order for the for the meats, and then once I'd get home from work on Friday, it would just be prepping, right? So we'd prep, you know, kind of to order per event. And so then we opened up the restaurant, and it worked out good for my wife because you know we have four kids, and she had been stuck at home forever. I mean, we didn't have really family. We don't believe in you know them, you know dropping them off at people's homes, you know, to just get breathers and stuff. So man, it's, I, I don't think, I don't think Carla and I went out on a date. I think it was like, I think the oldest kid was like eight years old when the first time that we went out together and it was weird. It was super weird. <laughs> so opening up the restaurant worked out really good because it gave her an opportunity to actually interact with adults outside of like family and stuff and people that we would see on a normal basis. She did really well from a customer service standpoint. The media caught wind of what we were doing. You know, we were on Sacramento Magazine, News 10, Nick's Neighborhood Joints. But what really turned it around was when the Sack B got a hold of it, when Blair Anthony Robertson got a hold of it and he wrote about it. You know, it was kind of funny. Uh, he went to the restaurant a few times. They hit a home run. I wish I could take credit for it, but I wasn't even there, but who knew what Blair looked like. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause he would always be incognito. But when he talked to me, he's like, Chando, this is going to change your life. He says, you'll notice the difference between a B reader and just, just a normal person. And I'm like, yeah, right. I've seen this on video in movies before I've heard this before. Right. That was the tipping point that, I mean, everything kind of contributed and attributed yeah. to the success. I mean, the, the, the support from the local media and local magazines and stuff. But once the, the sack B article hit, I, I mean, I got to the restaurant at eight in the morning and people were already lined up around the corner waiting. <laughs> I have messed up, you know, million dollar deals for people, customers when I worked for Apple Oh yeah, and I would face them and talk to them and say, Hey, you know, this is what happened. 
when I messed up, like we ran out of food three times at, at the restaurant that day. I didn't have the, you know, what's to go out and face the people. I was afraid to go out there because, <laughs> you know, it, it's my name on it. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and, and people were there to really want to, they wanted to experience it, but I had no idea that we were going to get such overwhelming support from the community to this day. It's been amazing. And, and the momentum, obviously we peaked at one point, it didn't stop. And that was a turning point. Once that happened, you know, one day I was just in my cubicle and then the phone, my phone, my personal phone would start ringing during the day when things would happen. And I, you know, I, I like to give my all to everything that I do. I'm yeah. like you know, yeah. all in. And so I think that day, that day, I just instant messaged my boss and told him it's time. And I shed a few tears and I was like, crap, I, I didn't know if I was ready to do it. But, but I, oh, so that was the day. When well, the, not, not, sorry, the, okay. the day that I, so no, that day wasn't, it okay. was, there was. It, a few months later, okay. after that, the momentum didn't stop. Right, I So gotcha. the day I decided to um, leave, Apple. leave Apple, I just sat in my cube, and I think my fingers reacted before my brain or something, <laughs> and I just said, it's time. And then he got up, and a few people got up from, from that that I worked with, and they just, like, you know, clapped, because they knew it was coming. It was, it was coming. Well, they all so. read the... The, the B2, right? Yeah. The, yeah, it was it was coming. And there was one guy that was the general manager that was being kind of difficult. He, he just gave me that talk of, like, are you all in or not? Oh, and he wasn't being a very nice guy. I Actually, guess. I don't respect him still, but anyway. <laughs> but but, but so, so that was uh, kind of the transition. And tell me just a little bit about the food. About I mean, are these the tacos that, that you grew up with? Are these... Uh, I mean, because they're unlike what anyone had ever tasted before who didn't grow up in your world. But yeah. are these close to that or are they your own amalgamation of what you consider to be great tasting tacos? So the um, the style that we have are Tijuana style street tacos. Okay. Right. And in my opinion, they're the best tacos in all Mexico. So my idea was to kind of bring that kind of style of food to Sacramento and not bring the type of food that people were accustomed to getting. There are great restaurants, and there are restaurants that have been in, in Sacramento for many years, but they're more of Tex-Mex. And one of the things that I wanted to come in, and I wanted to share my style of, of eating with Sacramento instead of going after what low-hanging fruit was, in my opinion, right? You sell, and there's trends and stuff. You know, the game, the, the food game in Sacramento has changed significantly especially the taco game, there, there's some good restaurants in Sacramento. There weren't good restaurants before, but now there's people that, that are making good food and, and actually embracing authentic but different styles from different regions of Mexico. And that was my goal. When I first opened up, I started with chicken, pork, and steak tacos. Three tacos. I mean, three meats. Tacos and mulitas, which are the corn quesadillas, and that was it. Since then has evolved, right? I, I mean, you know, we, we incorporated burritos and I didn't want to make burritos because I just wanted to kind of, you go to a taco shop in Mexico and it's just tacos. Sometimes it's just one, one kind of meat. Yeah. But one day, you know, everybody was asking for a burrito and I'm like, crap, I don't have these ingredients. And I just whipped something up that I had in the fridge and people liked it. And now we have the seventh best burrito in the nation. And so I'm definitely proud of that. And so, you know, my, my thing, and, and I learned that from Apple. You, you don't, I mean, you, my slogan is simply delicious, right? 
playing off of something that's simple but delicious. And Apple has a good, better, and best product, and that's it, right? You know, people said open up your platforms for the world to 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 utilize and they're like no we're going to create our own thing and and you know i drink the kool-aid i drink the apple kool-aid and i i try to kind of use those same philosophies and it's worked i remember driving down arden way and uh, thinking how brilliant i don't know if it, i'm no i don't know if this was your conscious plan or not but to have that window on the outside, not on the inside, but on the outside, so that every time you drove past, there was a line of people waiting to get your tacos. It just reinforced in my head, those things are good. Because yeah. it wasn't a bunch of people from Mexico or people who are Hispanic waiting in line. It was guys in suits. It was policemen. It was every color. It was like the UN out there. They yeah. just wanted your tacos. It represents California, you know, and that's that's my main thing, Kelly. I I wanted to introduce authentic Mexican cuisine to to a mainstream client base. And that was my main my main client base when catering. In the beginning I, I thought, you know, the, the the Hispanic market was gonna be my main client base, but I quickly realized that they're definitely more critical and I I don't know if it's like culturally they're just rough and tough on you. Honestly in the in the beginning and it has to do with folks education and the type of market that you're going after. Right. But, but I didn't feel appreciated in, in this particular area that I was focusing on. And, and so I shifted. And so I used my <clears throat> catering to kind of identify who Chandos was, who was I, what product I was selling and who I was selling to. So by the time we opened up Arden, I, I had already been through that. Like we were, we had a base, I had enough sustainable business to, to keep that restaurant open. You know, I sold probably like $7,000 worth of, of, of Apple stock and just kept it in the bank and I didn't have to touch it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't touch any of my money at Chandos Tacos for two years. I was just from the, from the restaurant. I was living off of catering and catering alone <clears throat> just during those years. Wow. Yeah. Glad we're kind of debt free right now. So no, 11 good. years later, debt free, How many, seven restaurants, two cantinas. Seven restaurants, two cantinas, and, and the, the food, food truck trucks, and catering. I don't know if I told you, I opened up my tortilla factory finally. Oh, that's yeah, right. So that was that was in the heart of pandemic, <clears throat> right before I said twenty twenty. You're my yep. Twenty twenty came back and said, guess what? Yeah, <laughs> you're mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were preparing. We prepared for a lot of twenty uh, twenty was um, was was my year for for major expansion. We uh, opened up. We opened up uh, our tortilla factory, our, our food prep facility in, in West Sacramento. We uh, acquired J Street Restaurant here. That's not too far from from where we are right now. Back, back yeah, here, yeah, on Fifty Seventh and J. We finished the build out of Citrus Heights, and then I got another place in Elk Grove, all in twenty twenty. And then, and then I'm like, oh. so how many people <laughs> do you employ now, Chando? We are close to right around like a, between one hundred and eighty and two hundred people that we have right now. Man. Don't remind me. That's what freaks me out, man. Yeah, that's a lot of people relying on you, isn't it? So tell me a little bit about Atlanta. How yeah. is it that after Elk Grove, Citrus Heights, Roseville, Sacramento, let's try Atlanta. How did that come about? So I have a friend that, that's in the, in the car business here in Sacramento that moved to Atlanta. And he's telling you there is not a decent taco in all of Atlanta. That's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, that, that, and then something is going to happen within the next couple of months that that's going to give me some exposure, and I wanted to take advantage of that. Oh, okay. Now, I can't speak to that, 
but you, you guys will soon find out. And so I wanted to kind of, I'm looking at uh, two major markets right now. One of the market is just too hot and there's nothing available, which is Boise, Idaho. And so I took a tour. I'm looking at, I think, to answer your question, Atlanta is a hub to where I want to go, right? So my vision is to create another West Sacramento in Atlanta and then go to Tennessee, the Carolinas, Florida, oh. um, and, and just kind of get in that, that's the South. I, I, I like that. I love the Southern hospitality. People are super friendly. It's not California. I love California. Are you thinking, as you think about that area of the South, are you thinking more of a cantina type offering or more of a taco stand? No, the, the Chandos tacos right now, okay. is, that that's my, that's my main bread and butter. Okay. You know, during this whole pandemic, if it weren't for Chandos Tacos, I'd probably be standing on a corner asking for, for help or something. Not not my thing, but, you know, it, it was definitely tough. I mean, El Dorado Hills has been been rough. Even downtown on 15th and H, um, it, it's been it's it's been really rough. We've, we've oh, had bet. to bring yeah. money from, from Chandos Tacos to kind of help us. We're getting better right now. Things things have turned around and we've adapted. But, but the full service concept is, is definitely more challenging than you know, a fast, casual Mexican joint. We've, we've been able to adapt and, and it's proven that it's a bulletproof concept for us. Oh, it sure has. Yeah. So you're looking at Atlanta and using that as a t- hub to, to build out that whole South area. Yes, then. sir. But Atlanta's huge. There's just so much and the food game. There is, I mean, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to no, visit Atlanta, but there's good food out there. There isn't great Mexican food. Well, there's a, a, a few restaurants that I've known that I went to that, that, we're okay and kind of a force to be reckoned with, if, if you will. Yeah, I, I think that that we'll have a lot of fun there, and, and it's definitely competitive. There's a lot of good food. I, I mean, we so, had we had awesome Indian food. We had you know, great sushi. We we tried a little bit of everything, and, and it's good. Did you ever look at San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, or or no? Do they have enough in the way of taco stands, or or I mean, it was a time to bring Chandos to some place that really needed it. Well, you know, business is all about opportunity, yeah. right? Life is about opportunities. And so this opportunity came up. I think the Bay Area is close enough for their, I, I mean, Chandos Cantina has people coming from Napa. Um, we have people coming from Central California. I, I mean, there's enough buzz to where they've, they've heard of Chandos from either somebody or can kind of Google it and be Sacramento. So I think I could kind of expand. I mean, we have our food truck in, um, in Davis right now because we're going to be opening up in Davis as well. And so to kind of grow the market there, we have a truck out there and there's people coming from Vacaville from, from the Bay area already. So I don't, I, I didn't feel it would be that difficult to kind of get that brand recognition if we stay, you know, kind of in this area or even the Bay area or, or, or Tahoe, LA, San Diego. I mean, that that's kind of a different beast because, you know, and it's super competitive over there. I think we could do well over there regardless, but, but just given what what's happening in the in the in the near future i just wanted to go and get into a market that that is consistent and and it's hot and and literally yeah. you know, hot and hot yeah. right i just felt that it was the right move to make based on where i want to take this i love california but like it's it's tough to do business here as well and so you know there's different taxes over there um, the wages are different. Looking at it from, you know, when I run my cost analysis, the two most expensive components of, of the restaurant business or just any business, I'm not service, service is a little different, but you have your food costs and, and your labor. Those are the ones that kill you. And then your rent after that, right? And then yeah. insurance, right? But the labor isn't that expensive and there's a pool of people over there. Right now, 
I don't know if it's the whole pandemic challenges that we're having with, with people getting unemployment still, but you know, I don't, I'm having a difficult time understanding how the unemployment rates are so high, but I need people to work for me still. I'm, I'm, I, I just don't grasp that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are applying constantly, right? They apply like crazy and I'm not the only one. There's another, you know, major restaurant, one of my favorites in the area that I said, is it just that people don't want to work for me or, or what's going <laughs> on? Right. Uh, but they're having the same problem. People apply, apply, apply and 15 to 20% of the people show up. Oh, wow. And then, you know, you offer them a job and you're waiting for them to show up tomorrow and they don't show up tomorrow. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know. And the folks that I've spoke to over there, there's a good workforce and that's ready to work, part. ready to work, willing to work, ready and willing to work. Yeah. yeah. And so everything points in the right direction. We still have to do it. You're going to get a lot of miles on Delta. I take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's, we're excited. I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. You know, when I, I did a, a, a simple, just a little, little Instagram live. And that night the business journal wrote about it. Local you wait till the Atlanta journal constitution gets a hold of Chondos. Well, and three, three outlets already wrote about it in, in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that and was, you're opening in April. Is that correct? We take possession in April. Oh, okay. Um, and we have to do some minor improvements. I, I don't like the way that it looks. And so we're going to tear a bunch of the stuff out and yeah. open, open up the space a little bit. You know, you mentioned about having an open kitchen. That's super important <clears> to me. Right. So people can see their food being, being put together and, and stuff. That's part of the, the experience of Chandos. So uh, two last things. First of all, your kids, they're getting older now. Do they work they for you? Do you want, do, do you have any vision for them? Like your parents had for you? You know, I do, but I don't. We, uh, we told them early on, we have four kids and we told them early on that there's no obligation for them to have to work for us. Your number one thing is for you to be happy. I, I'm a firm believer, and I think one of the things that has helped in our success at Chandler's is that we just love what we do. I love what I do. I mean, this opportunity here to sit with you in this in this room, you know, when I'm in a different city and I see somebody rock, rocking a Chandler's shirt, I mean, it just makes my heart melt. So, so you have to love what you do. And so one of the things that we told our kids is nobody's obligated to have to work for us. But if you want to work for us, you're going to start from the bottom. You have to earn your keep. You have to go to school. And then after, we'll see if there's a place for you. Right now, we've been fortunate and unfortunate. Actually, the whole pandemic thing, you know, it's it's been terrible for everybody. It's, but but it's been good for us in a way that, you know, all of our kids have been home. We've all been together. I kind of like that homeschooling thing. <laughs> it, it's kind of cool. They don't, but I yeah. We, yeah. we like being together. Yeah. Carlos, our oldest, he's 20 years old. He's a third year student at UC Merced and um, he was away. But last, this whole last year, he's been at home. He was going to get into politics. He's, he's, he has a, um, he's going to do political science and then he was going to go into law school after um, he's, he's had an opportunity to work at the Capitol for the past three years. This year he's been working full time and handling the school and he's done well he's made, he's doing a double major. He's going to major in business. And so he just confirmed that he wants to be a part of the business now, which is awesome for us because, you know, we need good people, right? What's better than family. And then Andres, our, our other boy, he goes to Sac State, first year Sac State student. 
he's also majoring in business and it appears that our daughter is going to major in business as well. So if we can get them three to run the business and then, um, and the youngest, I mean, she's, she's 12. So I don't know. <laughs> she wants, she's, she, she claims she's never going to get married and she's going to live with mom and dad forever. That's what she said. Wow. Right. So I'm going to hold her to it. And I said, well, who, where are you going to work? She's like, well, at Chandos Tacos. I said, all right, cool. We're made. So we're good. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's great. Chando. Chan, what, what, uh, if you look back, uh, go back to when you were, you know, finishing up your childhood and going to school or not going to school or thinking, what's what am I going to do next? And what advice would you give yourself? Or maybe you need to just go back to when you started Chandos and and had that seminal moment where you sent the email to your coworker, I'm done, or it's time, it's time. You know, what, what advice would you give yourself then that you didn't know then, but you know now? What advice would I give myself that's a good question. Did you think big enough? You know what I mean? I mean, you've been I very conservative, I, no debt, which is fantastic, but. Yeah, I think the advice I would give myself is don't think you do everything yourself. You can, but you can't. It just depends on where you want to be, right? So I look back and I and there's times where I had more money in the bank when I just had like Arden and Power In, those two businesses. Cause they were sustainable. There was no cannibalism within the same company. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I had, you know, a really, really good crew. Yeah. So then you, you grow and picked and you were there every day. Probably. And I was, I was able to be there every day. Yeah. Right. I was working a lot more than I am now. I'm I I've right now I have a little bit more freedom to, to do things, but I guess the advice is probably hang out with my kids more. And then also like, don't be afraid to build a strong team around you to, I guess it just depends on where your, where your goals are right now. I'm in a different spot right now. I'm all in. Right. So I have, not that I wasn't before, but I mean, in terms of expansion, I'm, I'm looking at getting outside of California. I'm looking at going to different places. Financially, I can't do it all myself. Right. I, I can, but you know, then, then I'm definitely at risk. So I think um, there was a group that approached me at one point with, deep pockets and, and I declined and it probably wasn't bad that I declined because I, I may have lost control. I, I was afraid of losing control. Right. right? And, and it's got my name <clears throat> on it. Right. You know, I, I think I could have maybe been in a different place if, if I would have taken opportunity, other opportunities of like people wanting to invest in my business and right now I'm in a different spot. I'm like, okay, if investors approach, I'll sit down and listen to you before I'd be like, leave me alone. But then you also have to protect yourself, right? Who yeah. are the good investors? Who are not the good investors? Who really cares about it? Who, who really cares about what you're doing and, and sharing the same kind of, same kind of mindset and philosophies. I mean, you know, people get a little, to me, money is just money. I didn't never had it. So this is all new to me to other folks. Money is everything. And um, that's what I'm afraid of. You know, you get with that people, those people that, that just care about that and they don't care about me. They don't care about my product. They don't care about, about, about my, my, my guests, my fans. It's just, I just want to make a quick book because I think that guy's, you know, making money. So does, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, as you said, your name's on the door. Yeah. Right. And and I love what I do. I, I'm, I'm forever ever grateful for, for everything, every person that walks through any of my establishments, man, it's like, it's like family to me, 
Yeah. Sandra, you know what's funny about what you were saying about family? I I was telling my kids this weekend how weird this whole pandemic and shutdown, and I feel bad for them, what they've had to miss out on sports and homecoming dances and all that stuff, right? And I said, but I guarantee you there's going to come a time a year or two from now where I'm going to say, God, what I wouldn't do for one week of the pandemic again, where we had everyone home and we had nothing to do but be with each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it brought us together. I mean, uh, I am not that we weren't, but like Carlos was out for two years and and close, but still yeah. wasn't at home. Yeah, I thought I was gonna, I, you know, when when our eldest took off to college, I'm like, you know, he had other universities, you know, sending them letters, and I'm like, yeah, go go far, enjoy yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, I was the one that was crying when I dropped them <laughs> off. So I was like, I'm and in Merced, right? I was like, holy smokes, man, this feels weird. And I just couldn't hold it. I'm like, man, man up, dude, you know, but it was, it, it, it's been great. You know, we got into farming. We built a little a, a barn at home. I've got pigs, cows, horses. Oh my God. Okay. I don't know if you've watched Yellowstone or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So um. we, we bought we bought a ranch in in um in I own oh did you 160 acres out there with who are cows. you Rip are you my, Rip my horse is Rip yes <laughs> my horse's name is Rip literally yeah I named him Rip um, and so that was what we did during pandemic we oh, you know we great. the girls got into horseback riding they love it and and it's been it's been a whole lot of fun you know being together I, I mean the whole situation is terrible we lost a lot of people yeah you know half a million people dying I mean that's crazy. You know, I was just brought up to, you know, make lemon uh, lemonade out of those lemons that life throws at you. That's right. And they come um, along every so often. Chando, yeah. can't thank you enough for your time, pal. Thank you. And um, continued success, man. It's just great. Great to see you growing and thriving and and other people getting to taste great tacos, too. So thank you we can't much. keep them all here in California, right? No, but we'll continue to grow here. I yeah. mean, we're not going to stop. But you know, like like I said, it's about those opportunities, and we need to we need to strike while while that iron is hot, and while I while I still have this energy, right? And yeah, that that's kind of where we are right now. Chondo Madrigal, the namesake of Chondo's Tacos, joining us on Bite Size Finance. This Buy Sci Fi podcast brought to you by Cap Trust Sacramento. Genevieve's Burford and Brothers is now Cap Trust Sacramento. Our mission is to enrich the lives of our clients, colleagues, and communities through sound financial advice, integrity, and a commitment to service beyond expectation. If you liked what we served up today, please give us your rating, subscribe, and by all means, share. Music for the show produced locally by Kitty O'Neill and her band, Skylar's Pool. The discussions and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the speaker and are subject to change without notice. This podcast is intended to be informational only. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, investment advice, or a recommendation to invest in any securities. CapTrust Financial Advisors is an investment advisor registered under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. CapTrust does not render legal advice.